atop one of the hills which ring the teeming metropolis of Gotham City, a large house rears its bulk against the dark sky. Outwardly, there's nothing to distinguish this house from many others. But deep in the cavernous basements of this house, in a chamber hewn from the living rock of the mountain, is the strange, dimly lighted, mysteriously secret Bat Cave. Greetings and welcome to Meanwhile, a journey through the history of comic book movies. I'm your host, James Thompson, and this week's movie is the 1943 Columbia serial, Batman. Joining me this week is Jay Yaketa. If you live in the Philadelphia area, you may know Jay from the band Passion Crimes. Say hi to the people, Jay. Hey, what's up, people? James, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, now, Passion Crimes, that's, that's, a, that's a music band. <laughs> that's not a radio band like a radio frequency music a right. band of music okay what kind of what do you do what do you do in the band uh i'm a drummer and um we do uh we do kind of like uh electric rock with a lot of guitars <laughs> and uh we have uh <laughs> and we have a a singer who has a great voice and great lyrics and we just released our debut ep so everybody should go check it out. You can go to uh, facebook.com slash passioncrimes. And you have a bass player that exists. Yeah, now we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, loud guitar is good singer. You are obviously a drummer and a bass player that exists. <laughs> he's there. He's, he's holding things up. I don't know. He, he just that You have him on the stage just to kind of even out. Right. So it's not too heavy on one side. It's a mise-en-scene kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. The 1943's Columbia serial Batman, the first DC character on film, the first instance of Batman on film. Yeah. It is 15 episodes or 15 chapters, making it the longest that we've done so far at about four and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Batman's played by Lewis Wilson. Robin is played by Douglas Croft and Alfred. That's the, that's the other. So those are the three main characters from the comic books that actually make it into this serial Mm -hmm. now what is your experience with serials because like i've i've obviously this is my third complete serial so now i'm kind of getting used to the formula i'm getting used to the acting i'm getting used to the action what did you think like what was this your first yeah this is my first time watching a a full serial and Uh, and your thoughts well, it was it was really interesting to me because they um, they would go to a theater to watch these um, <laughs> every week, uh, so that that was pretty crazy, you know what I mean? Because this is like 1943. I guess this is before uh, TV was very popular. No, uh, yeah, so that's where they that's how they would watch this stuff. Yeah, it's 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 weird to think that someone would go to a theater to basically watch a television episode. Right. And and with with these, it's you can very much see it because like uh, since I don't know, you kind of probably assume not everyone's gonna be there every every week. Uh, in one chapter, you got to make sure you resolve your cliffhanger. You need to push the story uh, forward a little bit, and then you need action to lead to another cliffhanger. Like that's basically every episode. And then you have your recap at the beginning. Yep. Which is pretty much the entire climax well, of the episode. Actually, that's that's different. In this one, uh, as opposed to the Republic serials that I've watched um, previously, they would do uh, written out ones. So they'd have like a 
very super heroic picture of the of our of our main man with writing of what happened in the last episode. Mm. This was the first time they're like they had a narrator and they're showing the clips and 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 then at the end they sort of did the other the other way where they're like next time on Batman, <laughs> you know. Oh, look at this Robin's really in a doozy. <laughs> Yeah, which that was kind of confusing to me, too, because like when they would kind of flash forward a little bit to the next episode and um, and I was like and I was it, it seemed like that was part of the cliffhanger, but it's just they're just jumping into the future. Right. You know I, I, mean? I only got confused that the first time they introduced what was his name? Dick White. Uh, oh, his uh, his alter ego. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, who's this character? Dick White. And what does he have to do with the thing? And I'm like, what? What? What is? I don't care who this guy is. Yeah, and I and I was watching it on YouTube. So, um, and I was watching um, it was just like a big playlist. So yeah. I would uh, so I'd watch an episode, you know, see like the big kind of fight scene climax at the end, and then it would go to the next one, and then it would just show that entire fight scene. <laughs> yeah, with maybe, with maybe one shot added. Yeah. With like, oh, you didn't see this. That that was the thing that kind of like pissed me off, honestly, because like <laughs> they pretty much show like you know like Batman is uh you know he's like unconscious on a uh, railroad track, and then uh, and then you see the uh, uh, Batman's there, and then they like maybe cut away to like a wide shot of the train, and then they cut back to the train going over the top of the camera. So yeah, it you're pretty much just like oh okay well Batman just got run over and killed by a train. <laughs> But then, like, oh, Batman's dead. All right. Oh, Batman's dead. Oh, that's terrible. Um, and then, um, uh, so you can, you go to the next episode, and they show that exact sequence again. But and then they insert the shot of him escaping, and then they go back to the, they cut back to that shot of the train going over top of the camera. Right. So it's kind of cheap. I don't know. I didn't really well, like that. Actually, one of the first ones was, actually, the first one wasn't, or one of the first ones wasn't too bad, where they threw him off the roof. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we threw Batman off the roof, and they have a shot of him falling with the rear projection falling behind him. And next week, you see he lands on, like, like there's two, two guys washing windows, apparently, underneath them. A lot of times in my notes, um, I was trying to, like, make notes about the, the cliffhangers or whatever. And it's like, oh, how did Batman get out of this time? And half of them basically were me going, oh, how did Batman get out of it? Because he's Batman. <laughs> yeah, he got out of it. Yeah. Well, like the like the one in particular, he gets thrown down an elevator shaft, <laughs> and you know you're you're like, oh, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna being a modern day Batman fan? You're like, oh, he'll just pull out a grappling hook, like that's mm. that's how Batman prevents himself from falling at any time. Like you never, it, we've gotten to the point where you you don't even you're not even worried that Batman's gonna is gonna fall because he will catch himself. That's not an issue. Or he'll glide or something. (laughs) And when they show him hitting the bottom. (laughs) And he's clearly a a rag doll. Clearly a dummy. (laughs) That was the time. I'm like sitting there and I just go, oh my. Oh, oh, he landed. He he landed. There was nothing underneath him. And I got to say that this Batman falls down and gets knocked unconscious more than any other <laughs> that is that is a uh, a really big trope in the serials <laughs> yeah. that is a really big trope uh i do have a note that batman can't dodge a wrench <laughs> i don't remember he that. got he got a wrench thrown at him hit him right in the head knocked him out 
Yeah, he gets he gets knocked out. Luckily, he wakes up really quickly though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might not remember he's uh, Bruce Wayne anymore, but <laughs> but he get knocked out. Full spinoff. If he got knocked unconscious in the Batman costume and mm-hmm. woke up and forgot uh, Bruce Wayne exists, and he only existed as Batman, <laughs> that would be maybe that's what the next serial is about. Because yeah. this one, this one's the first one that gets a, a sequel, uh, Batman and Robin. But we'll watch that later. Let's talk about costume. Mm, okay. What do you think of the Batman costume? Um, I thought it was cool. It's pretty similar to the one that I guess the one from the '60s, or it's kind of like a combination between the the '60s one, as far as he had like a gray kind of like outfit. Um, I like to I like the Batman logo that yep. on the front. I thought that was cool. It looked, kind of looked like the the bat signal or one of the yeah. It it looks like the Golden Age. Yeah, Batman like symbol at least like at the front of the comic books when it says Batman. Um, his his uh, early costume was the was the blue and gray. Uh, like it it does look pretty spot on. Um, until you get to the cowl and the mask. Right. He had the taller ears. That's yeah. like the later. Well, in in the early stuff, he had tall ears too, but but they obviously sewed two cones, like like cone shaped fabric, and then stuffed it with stuffing. But the problem is, they look like devil horns. Oh, they kind of bow out. They kind of they kind of slump a little. Like they don't go straight up. They kind of go down a little. Um, other, I mean, and then obviously it's kind of high waisted. But that's that's the time. That's 1940s. You know, if he was wearing it actually down where we wear our pants, he would look he would look funny. Right, fast talking, high pants. Yes, Robin. He's shown some nice leg for sure. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of good leg. Um, he's a very, very petite man. He yeah he does he does look like a ward. Like he looks like a like at least an old enough boy that you're okay that he's in danger. Yeah, but not so old. You're like, boy, he's not. No, 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 no. What's he doing? What's he doing? Yeah. Um, but it's nice because they they straight up look like their comic book. Yeah, which it's it's nice. I mean, that's that's pretty legit. Except for um, I'm I am gonna say, I did laugh at Robin's hair. Yeah, he has that dude has real life anime hair. Like it's like dense. It's like it has volume. It's got shape. <laughs> I don't know, or maybe somebody like from from Tekken Three or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, the only thing it's, for me that makes him very recognizable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like they never gave a reason why, um, except for his love interest. Like nobody in the real world should think that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Except for Robin. I feel like Robin will give him away. <laughs> yeah. I guess he was less uh less visible. Like they didn't other people didn't really talk about Robin that much. No, 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 no. And they did refer to him as the Batman, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um then there is Alfred. Mm-hmm. Alfred I thought looked great. Yeah. Uh looked a little gay. Look <laughs> Right. A little bit. Maybe a little bit. Uh he looks like John Waters though. Yeah, he does. looks a little bit like John Waters. Yeah, um, a little bit effeminate, which I, I'm I'm actually all right with. I mean, he's he's his butler. Um, interestingly enough, though, uh, in the comic books before the serial, Alfred was clean shaven and fat. 
Mm -hmm. This serial came out and they're like, you know what? We like the look of this actor. And they actually wrote it into the comic books that Alfred went off to a spa, (laughs) lost some weight and grew a mustache. Whoa. I didn't know that. I knew that they changed it after that, but I didn't know that they made up like a reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. It really seemed like, like, I don't know, like as, as a few episodes went by, it really seemed like Alfred's gay and they kind of like, make fun of him for being like a sissy kind of and being weak and not a good you know not a good fighter or not really just inept in general yeah he's he's the driver yeah yeah that's very much all i need him for like and a distraction later on Mm -hmm. i don't know was he like that in the comic book i didn't read the comic book um i feel like they don't at least the ones that i've read i feel like alfred doesn't really do much like he doesn't go out in the field with them yeah um but I mean, he—I mean, he doesn't usually go out in the field in in the books nowadays either. Though he stays at Wayne Manor, like he takes care of Wayne Manor. That's his job. Yeah, I—I I, I liked him. He—he he is what he is. Yeah, I—I kind of feel like the Alfred that I'm more familiar with is a little bit more uh, more competent and more helpful. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Well, it, it, there's there's a few Alfreds. Uh, the animated series one is great because mm-hmm. he's very composed and has that dry humor and yeah yeah but then there's there's different versions like uh if you watch gotham where he's kind of a he's kind of a badass he's british and he's like he used to be in the army and he's a little bit more tough Mm -hmm. and he's the like he you could tell he's helps bruce wayne become batman more so than a composed Alfred, yeah, I don't know. Then there was the Batmobile, which didn't exist. <laughs> the reason that this happened was uh, budgetary; they just didn't have the money to make a Batmobile, so they're just like, "Uh, this black limo-ish <laughs> car, that'll be our Batmobile." Yeah, and um, I did. I noticed that he drove from the other side right so is that just like some kind of like fancy european car or something oh was he driving from the right side i thought so mm, i don't know i could be wrong about that <laughs> i do i do like that <laughs> that they often changed in the car <laughs> yeah i mean the limo it's a little bit longer i guess but like the idea of like changing in and out of costume and they made sure to make a point that they were changing all the time <laughs> yeah I, I I love the one at one point when Robin's like uh, he's like let's change into our outfits. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Robin. <laughs> there was one point I believe they somebody saw Robin get in the car, and they changed when in the car. The the goons follow. They pull him over, and then Bruce Wayne comes out, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, uh, must have been mistaken." <laughs> it's like, didn't no, didn't you just didn't you just see the car? Like, did you let it out of your sight? No, you just. <laughs> You you saw Robin get in that car, and you're like, "Well, I guess that's it." <laughs> well, that's Bruce Wayne. I don't I don't know. <laughs> well, pretty much all cars look the same back then, right? So yeah. it could have been any any car. And most people look the same too. Mm-hmm. But what are you gonna do? Y- uh, young mass boys look like. Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, they hit him. I guess it's hard to hire good goons. Right, right. Well, let's talk about that. They <laughs> they didn't almost because they're American. They're gangster types. Yeah. The main bad guy is Japanese. Yes. And 
all of his goons are Americans, and it seemed like some of them were being blackmailed or something. I noticed that because the first the first character that we meet pretty much in the series is uh uh is the uncle right uh, it's it's linda's uncle yeah i don't know his name linda is uh bruce wayne's fiance right and so he gets out of jail and yeah and he's trying to like leverage i guess leverage him into joining the the new world order the evil underground organization right um but i didn't really catch it with uh, other characters well, there was the one guy who was like, well, I've had enough of this. I believe, wait, I have a quote here. What did he say? Um, Maybe these stooges will eat up your applesauce. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> That's what you say when, when someone's got malarkey, right? <laughs> these guys will eat up your applesauce, but not me. Malarkey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's malarkey. Uh, and then he also said, that's the kind of answer that fits the color of your skin. Mm. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that. <laughs> so there is there is some racism. <laughs> it's it's magically racist. Disclaimer, it's 1943 racist. Right. So it's – and it's pretty much, for the most part, only racist against uh, Japanese. Yes. And I mean, so because we're – And one Irish cop. World War Two. So it's like there's a big like one of the first things right off the bat was the announcer is like it's like the government rightly rounded up all those shifty eyed Japs. It was like one of the first things that they said, <laughs> which is weird because like, oh, hello, <laughs> the narrator should be impartial. Right. Well, I mean, that just shows the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, the... Because the narrator is like that's like God's voice. You know, yeah, like an omniscient point of view. It's, it's not like one of the characters is racist. It's, it's, right. It's like the universe. Uh, they use the term twisted oriental brain. <laughs> there was squint eye. That was one. The actor playing, his name is Dr. Daka, D-A-K-A, wasn't Japanese. The actor, no. The actor was not. So he talked in a very, like, I, they didn't even, his accent didn't even sound Japanese. <laughs> no. I don't know what that was. <laughs> he said a lot of stuff like this and did not use some of his pronouns. Go push, no, you'd be like, go push button. Like, what? Yeah. The best, though, is the fact that the first time Batman meets Dr. Daka in the last episode, he goes, oh, a Jap! (laughs) What? (laughs) Batman, you can't say that. You can't say stuff like that. Well, when you're at war, you can. Apparently. The hideout. The hideout for Dr. Daka is in, um, wait a minute, I got the title for this thing. They referred to it as a cave of Japanese horror. <laughs> oh, I missed that. So, so it's like a, it's an amusement ride where people get in the little carts and they go through it and it's showing the horrors of what the Japanese can do, which I guess is kind of a brilliant place to hide as a Japanese guy. Right. Like nobody will assume that you would you would pick a place that shows your people in a bad light. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like his office. His <laughs> office kind of looks like my room. He's got a giant Buddha. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have the the trip the trap door with the alligators underneath it. <laughs> it's coming. I'm working on it. next paycheck. <laughs> I got the trap door. There's no alligators left. <laughs> yeah, I got. That's it. You know, you gotta you gotta raise the money. You can't. 
You can't just throw them down there. You gotta feed them. You gotta get somebody to take care of them when you're not there. I know. But yeah, his office seemed pretty comfortable. It seemed yeah. like a place that you could you could like meditate. Right. But you can just tell that they had all their facts wrong. You know what I mean about like about like Japanese people. Like you can tell that like they didn't know anything about anything. Right. Because um, Buddhism isn't like a like a predominantly Japanese religion, uh, no, correct? I don't think it is. And and and. Like I mean, it has nothing to do with war. B- Buddha is like a a pacifist. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that Japanese people aren't Buddhist, but I'm saying like it's not like that shouldn't have been. Hey, this guy's Japanese. Put a big Buddha in there. Like that. <laughs> those shouldn't go hand in hand. Right. But you're right, though. It's he's. It's not a. It's really not a not a violent religion. Even even an an extremist. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really hear about that. <laughs> about Buddhist extremists. <laughs> Yeah, a big theme throughout this entire thing was this uh, this radium gun, yeah. and, um, which which is developed by by the, the one of the I guess by the Doctor Daka. Well, no, that's that's the part I believe that's partly who's not some of the goons so much, but some of the guys who he like pays their bail or something. Okay, yeah, or uh, whatever. Like that's why he got the uncle was to help create things like the I believe they called it either they either kept calling it a radium gun or an atom smasher or <laughs> yeah I know they switched around a bit but yeah I think that's where he got his technology was from the scientists Oh okay right he's getting people to to build the weapons for him um but yeah so I kind of noticed that there was like some kind of allegory there to World War II with like you know nuclear weapons you have like this radium gun and you have like you know like kind of like at war between the Japanese and between like Bruce Wayne who's a capitalist and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but they didn't really go into the Bruce Wayne being a capitalist. He was a play like a lazy playboy. Yeah. He was just aloof. Yes, he was. And he was um he was funny too. Yeah. Yeah, he really played up the Bruce Wayne angle. Yeah. Like you're like why is Linda even with him? He's he's just <laughs> Right. Well, why is she with him? And at what point did she start to suspect that he's molesting uh, Nick? Because <laughs> he's always with him. You know, it's just like, where were you? You were supposed to come help me. Um, and he's like, well, you know, uh, Dick and I went for a walk, and we just uh, decided to lay down and take a nap for a while. Sorry about that. That's the real reason, too. Constantly, you know, like, the, constantly he's coming up with these excuses because Batman and Robin show up, and they save the day, and then yeah. they're gone. And then, and then Bruce comes, like... Uh, you know, just kind of like wanders in. It's just like, hey, what I miss? You know, it was like that kind of thing. Oh, geez, was Batman here? <laughs> the, it's funny. Most of the time, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't too bad, like having to make up reasons or whatever. But when they're out in the woods, like near the mine, it's like, what? No, why is Batman out here? There's no reason. Or she, or she's like, why didn't you meet me at this, at this, uh, at this really dangerous thing that I went to? You're supposed to meet me. He's like, oh, sorry, uh, Dick and I went to the carnival, and then we got just got lost all track of time. <laughs> the guy that played Batman, um, Lewis Wilson, he is the youngest person to ever play Batman. Mm. At the age of 23. That guy was 23. That guy was 23. Dude, he, he looked like he was like solid 35. <laughs> I would never guess he was that young. He looked a little bit like a young Sean Connery. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I've just been watching a lot of old James Bond as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Uh, not not sounding or having any sort of the suaveness of him. But it was more like a, maybe not a straight on shot, but when he did a lot of um, profile. 
He looked mm-hmm. like he looked like Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, he he had that like what a tough guy looks like from that era. Yeah. Kind of burly, like barrel-chested, like not like muscular necessarily. Right. Not like well, find muscular, but just like broad. This was received well amongst the audience, and and probably more for the younger kids and stuff. But when it came to reviewers, they actually had a problem with him. They said he looked unathletic. <laughs> okay. They called him thick about the middle. <laughs> But you gotta imagine. Oh, he's a bit. He's a bit thick around the middle. I, I yeah, I thought he was fine, but he's like a football player to me. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't look. Like he's wearing some body padding, maybe. Maybe. Uh, they said that both of the vo- voice or his vo- his voice was both too high and had a Boston accent. I didn't think the act there was an accent there. Uh, I didn't catch that. The reviewers made fun of the stunt doubles as well, saying that they lacked the style and grace of either of the comic book characters they were portraying. So. Even back in the day, you had the fanboy haters. Haters, oh my god. They're like, oh, well then that's not how Batman fights. <laughs> I had no idea that people, like, people hated like that back <laughs> in the 40s. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help because uh, in the two previous ones that I've watched, in Spy Smasher and Captain Marvel, the stunt guys are amazing. The fights are are even more like brawls. In this one, it was a lot of, like, single punches. Yeah. Like, but it was, like, the really stereotypical, like, smack, whack, you know? It's like, all right, I got... we're all going to fight, but I'm only going to fight one person at a time. Right, right. Whereas this, in, in, like, Spy Smasher, the guy doesn't have superpowers either. And he's a scrapper. And he's, like, jumping over things and, and jumping under things and just, like, really going at it. This is another example of why you shouldn't wear a cape and fight. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it goes it goes over. It goes over the head, goes in front of you. <laughs> Does not work well. There was quite a bit of uh uh speeding up of the action during the fight scenes too. Uh, a little undercranking. Yeah, to make it like I guess like more exciting or whatever, but I kind of uh I kind of see where uh Mad Max Fury Road got some of their editing style. <laughs> from that if you notice that stuff is like sped up so much yeah. in that movie like the action and sometimes like it makes it seem really aggressive and sometimes it just looks like fast yeah yeah I-, I agree the fire and explosions were really cool in these in these episodes like i think probably just because there are no special effects it's just like well there was we're gonna blow something up we're gonna blow something up the atom smasher <laughs> that that actually had a special effect it had a little lightning bolt Sometimes, mm-hmm. so like that actually looked that looked fun. That looked like okay, cool. I'll, you know, it's I'll go with it. Yeah. Nowadays, I feel like they would do a more legit like laser, perhaps. Mm-hmm. The special effects I thought were were pretty good. Yeah. Also, the, the radium gun is able to punch perfectly circular holes and things. Sure is. Which is which it can punch like a hole the size of a uh, I don't know like a baseball in like a safe, or it can just um, take out the roof of a car. <laughs> yeah, or explode and, like a vase. And knock out the guys underneath it? That was the weird part. <laughs> like, he shot through the roof, and then he just looked down and was like, all right, both guys are knocked out. Better get the driver. Well, there must be some sort of really extreme uh, nuance control on that mm. uh, radium gun. Yeah, there's a lot, it looks like there's a lot of dials and <laughs> yeah. things. I love the look of 40s and 50s sci-fi stuff. 
Yeah, which there's quite a bit of sci-fi in there. Oh, yeah. Well, like, let's talk about the zombie control device. <laughs> yeah. If the person didn't follow, didn't want to follow Daka willingly, he hooked him up to this, it looked like a fishbowl, <laughs> and then it had another, like, circular thing around it that went around the shoulders, and it had all sorts of Jacob's ladders and sparks and <laughs> wires and tubes, and it turned them into a quote-unquote zombie. Like, I think they used the word zombie. Yes, they did. They put a little thing over their head, and then he could talk to them with his special microphone, <laughs> and they would do what he said. And I thought it was – I was waiting for someone else to get control of that microphone. I was kind of hoping that, that... – they were he was gonna be turned into a zombie, Doctor Daga, like at the end, and he would be controlled by mm. Batman or someone else to do something. Yeah, that would have worked too, uh, but none of that. <laughs> oh, back to the fight scenes. Can I say that? Thank God for open windows and skylights in all uh, gangster hideouts. Because <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> if not for that, I don't I don't know what they would have done. But there was always a, always an open window for them to just kind of like shimmy in. And... and they're usually waiting right outside the window. <laughs> yeah. And then jump through it. Um, I, I did appreciate in the first episode they actually, they like, what they went to the roof and climbed down. Mm, so yeah. they were on the side of the building, which makes me go, oh, right. They're, you know, they're doing doing a batman thing yeah and then they never did anything like that again they used a rope one other time but like that was it <laughs> batman wasn't really he had a utility belt but he didn't really have anything in it yeah he didn't really use that nope and they had already been established in the comic by that point right well he at least had like a, a grappling hook the battering uh he yeah, i think he had the battering by then i know he at least had like little things he was a little under gadgeted yeah but you know what they did make up for there there's some things in this that i feel like they don't do in other that will get to other batman movies and stuff he did a lot of detective work yeah granted some of the time it was linda just telling him things <laughs> uh he had a laboratory yep i like that he actually did some science work he actually had to bring things back and oh these cigarettes are poisoned <laughs> like that I will I like that. I enjoy that. That's kind of been missing in our more common like our more more modern Batman. That's true. You you could tell that the that the the creators of the show didn't know anything about science, so they would just be like oh, no. have him pour a beaker and be like, "See, this proves it." Poison. I mean, with like no <laughs> no uh, explanation at all. No, and that's you know and that's fine. <laughs> Cuz Stanley didn't know what science was either. And he used it all the time. Yep. There was actually some detective work. There was actually some uh, undercover work. He actually... Right, he would go in as Bruce Wayne. He went in as Dick White. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, well, that too. Was it Dick White? I feel like it might have been a different name. It was something like that. It was some... Mike? Was it Mike? I thought he wrote That's it down. That's a little racist to me too because he put on like a brown face. Is that what you're talking about? And he has like the smushed up nose. <laughs> yeah, and he's a real gangster sounding fella. Yeah. yeah. They put Alfred in disguise at one point. A couple times. Something else I noticed that Bruce and Dick would call themselves by their first names while in costume. Yep, they sure did. When no one else was around, but was... but still, it's like, hey, you don't you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't know who's around. You're in a world of spies and espionage. <laughs> Everyone's spying on everyone all the time. Code names, code names. <laughs> you got the code names. Use them. <laughs> they they like to fight in the daytime. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of. Uh, 
day for night too yeah. so like they're they're shooting one shot one shot's blatantly daytime and then they do another shot and that looks more like night right. but it's probably like on a studio stage yeah maybe so like the outdoor stuff is just absolute no that's daytime like i'd get confused i'd go oh it, oh it's night oh oh look at that some of the nighttime stuff looked really cool like just like yeah the of light made this this really cool kind of like uh noir kind of look he's kind of silhouetted sometimes when they do the, the the on the stage stuff definitely they can they can light things much better yeah and um and that's what i liked about the seeing batman in black and white is like you get like that like noir kind of feel yeah you get like some not all the time but sometimes you get some like really nice dark uh kind of like uh high contrast kind of just cool looking stuff like in the bats cave yeah <laughs> mind you not not the bat cave <laughs> this is not called the bat cave it's the bats cave and it basically is a cave with a desk in it <laughs> may may have been uh uh like a talk show during the day <laughs> yeah it looks like space ghost coast to coast <laughs> yeah except for bats are flying around which he uses to threaten people. Right. He uses bats to threaten people. Don't let don't let my friend my friends will attack if I tell them to. Right. I, they kind of Yeah, he kind of hinted at that like he could control the bats. I think it was a bluff. Using it to scare the guy, but like in some some Batmans could do that, right? Um some of them would one of the movie ones maybe. I feel like they would have them hidden in a thing and they'd release them. Mhm. Maybe. Oh, you know. Oh no, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Batman. Or something. You're talking about Batman Begins. Is that what it is? He 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 activated some device and a bunch of bats came. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I almost thought you meant like telepathically. No, not no. Yes, <laughs> in some scientific way, like he would. Uh, uh, it must have been Batman Begins or one of the other. Yeah. Yeah. So they released this on VHS as a set, and they cut some of that racism out. Hmm. And then they re-released it on DVD, and they put it back in. Because I have the DVD of this, and it is all there. Uh, yeah. All the racism is there. They also cut it, because um, it, it was there's no way it was this way, but it, it was actually widescreen. How? They, they like, zoom it in a little. Oh, okay. They, like, cut the, cut the tops and the bottoms off in the right way, which oh, okay. is stupid. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. The Simpsons have been doing that on FX now. All the all the old stuff is widescreen now, and there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. Yeah, that wasn't the way that it was intended to be seen. Yeah, I know. Every once in a while, it gets weird, especially with like Marge's hair. They reissued this serial in the theaters uh, in 1965, and they called it "An Evening with Batman and Robin." Classy. And they had all the episodes. They were complete with titles, credits, cliffhangers. Uh, as they were show- oh, so they did this on TV, and TV, okay, they did it on TV. It's called an Even Batman and Robin. They did the whole thing in its entirety, and it got a good response, and actually led to because it was so well received, led to the 1966 Batman TV show. Yeah, you can you can draw a lot of comparisons between this and and that. It almost seems like the uh, the 60s Batman is like a parody of this serial you're right like if you were to watch adam west batman you'd just be like oh this is this is goofy this is just the 60s being the 60s 
But then if you go and watch the serial first, you're like, oh, that's where they get the cliffhangers. That's where they get the narrator. That's where they get knocking people over the head. <laughs> yeah, you get the, the, the sim- similar kind of fights where they're, you know, or they're one, one hit off couches and stuff. Yeah. I can see how, like, you know, the writers of that show would be watching, you know, like watching one of these old episodes and just being like, being like, this is really silly. You know, like, how how is this, you know, how is this like a violent superhero? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like there's a lot of silly stuff about it. So yeah. I kind of feel like they, they t- took a lot of that stuff and put it in the uh, in the 60s show. Well, also in the comics. So there's the Golden Age, um, which mm-hmm. when he was created in the 1939. And the first handful of appearances were just Batman. He killed gangsters. He used a gun. Like, it was dark. Then they added Robin. That was the reason they added Robin. They wanted it to be they wanted it to be more towards children. They wanted to lighten up Batman a little bit. And then in the sixties, I think it did start getting a little more campy too, the comic books. Oh, uh, okay. Because that's the Silver Age. So if you look up like Silver Age comic book covers, especially like Batman and Superman, they're silly. Yeah. This is like the era that Batman had a a different costume in all colors. Oh really? Yeah, there's one there's one particular cover that I can think of that has um just a rainbow of Batman outfits. Cuz he was fighting some some villain, I don't even remember. It was like like Prism Master or something like that. There was some light color themed villain he was going after and he had to keep changing his outfit based on what he was using. I don't know. Something I I I never read it obviously. <laughs> yeah because it seems so ridiculous i gotta say the uh fake fortune teller i just want to add that the address was on front street and it was a front for daca <laughs> oh. <laughs> and bruce does get a piece of mail that is addressed for california <laughs> oh really yeah uh, i didn't notice that <laughs> i don't know why but it it the address, Bruce Wayne's address is 1918 Hill Road, Los Angeles, California. <laughs> and I encourage everyone to start sending letters to Batman <laughs> now that listens to this. Dear Bruce Wayne, <laughs> Batman was, he was sort of a vigilante. He didn't seem to be completely with the police officers, but the police did work with him. So I guess that is sort of similar. Well, yeah, well, uh, Captain Arnold was kind of like he was in the place of what where I would expect Commissioner Gordon to be. Right. Uh, he's kind of the boss. But he um, he was constantly taking credit for all the, the stuff that that Batman was doing. And he was like and he and he would talk about Batman to other people. He would like brag about Batman like like he was working for him. But he wasn't. He was just doing this work on his own and just deliver, dropping off criminals on the front steps of the police station all the time. So it's nice that they didn't show him like arresting, like he would he would be like, oh, "There's a package for you. Somebody's tied up on the thing over here." <laughs> it almost is weird to have the villain be Japanese though, because Batman. I mean, maybe he did more in the Golden Age and whatever, but he didn't seem one that got into the war element of things. Mm. You know, he was he's more of a. He's a ta- he's, he's he's a townie. He ta- he takes care of Gotham, right? Doesn't get messed up with Jap spies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just guessing it's just probably the movie studios and the you yeah. know for the war efforts and all that. Right. I have one question for you in the in the Japanese Cave of Horrors. Did you think that that one guy who's who's standing there apparently all the time dressed as a caveman? <laughs> why did they keep showing him? I he, was expecting him to do something big. I thought he was Bruce Wayne for at least the first two or three times. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Bruce waiting. He's gonna. Oh, he knows how to get in there. And then he never went in. I was like, oh, who was that guy? For anybody that didn't see it, it's um. It's it's kind of like this uh this like uh roller coaster sort of like house of horror that they go through and you see all these different scenes and um uh, and there's this guy it's like wax figures type of thing and there's this guy who's dressed up like a caveman and like he, like he just clubs somebody and he has his hand up doesn't he like holding a he club has a club in his hand I think and he's standing outside the entrance but he's like a uh you know all the other figures are wax but he's a real person he's like a like a watching the door kind of thing um. So, uh, but, and they show him all the time and they show him like his eyes are shifting. Like he stands real still, but you see his eyes move. And so, but they show him so many times that like, I assume that he was like going to be important, but he, but wasn't. <laughs> he shows up in, I think the last episode, he actually does something. Yeah. But not, not, nothing really worthwhile. I'm wondering if, if, if you watch this week by week and you were just waiting, maybe that was their, uh, no. Who's this guy? I don't know. They would get real excited in the last episode. They're like, yeah, that guy moved. He moved. I knew it. I knew he was going to move. Or maybe that's just the, um, that's just, they just had that one shot of him. <laughs> needed, they just needed something there. So they needed to pad a little. And maybe they thought it was cool. They liked the, the idea that he kind of looks like a statue, but then the eyes move. Mm-hmm. But they also did a um, at one point they did the uh, the Scooby Doo eyes through the painting <laughs> thing. Really that one <laughs> it, it's amazing sometimes when you you watch stuff, especially in serials, because they're they're the first medium to use some of these tropes that you just kind of assume have been around forever, which they have been. They've been around since the forties. Yeah. That that's what things from the '60s are ripping off. Things from the '70s are ripping off. Things from the '80s are ripping off. Like you, it's been going on for so long for us that once you actually dig that far back, you're like, "What? Painting behind the eyes? That was in the '40s." I mean, I'm not sure about this, but it seems like something that would work in a comic book. Yeah, would be more effective, and it could actually be kind of like, uh, kind of spooky in yeah. a comic book. But when you see it in live action, it's kind of silly. Probably a lot of that stuff because you know they're they're trying to translate it and like you said like it's never been seen on screen before so we don't know like what's cool or what's gonna work or what's not you know what I mean when they're making it and that credits the um the artists of the books is that some of the stuff like when the the original nerd reviewers are like mm, that's not how Batman fights <laughs> like obviously there is a represented way within the in the comic books that they were used to and they were waiting for. Yeah. So let's bring up the ending. Okay. So Batman actually faces off with Dr. Daka, and he accidentally kills Robin accidentally kills Dr. Daka. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that was weird. Like I, I guess I never assumed that you would kill, they, they wouldn't kill the villain. You just assume they're just going to tie him up and the cops are going to come and that's it. When, Dr. Daka's like, oh, I'm going to take Linda captive. And Batman yells to Robin, 
close the hit the button that closes the door like robin knows what button that is because if they're labeled they're probably in japanese <laughs> and robin just hits a button obviously it's the alligator trap door mm-hmm. and then they you know cut around him getting eaten up by alligators obviously because you have to right. um but that's how like how that's how the bad guy dies it's just like whoops my bad <laughs> like i think robin maliciously killed him that's all i'm saying right i mean that's that's it's murder like you don't really uh you don't really see that no you know after a certain point they he stopped he stopped killing i believe like pretty quick right by this point in 1943 he'd been around for about four years i want to say by that point he definitely was not killing anymore didn't have a gun yeah i'm trying to think so in the in, in the serials that i've seen the first serial captain marvel um captain marvel didn't kill the bad guy it was one of the natives in Spy Smasher, he sort of accidentally, he, like, drives a boat into a submarine and it sinks the submarine, killing the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So indirect. So it's, like, kind of indirectly. And this one was, like, accident, quote-unquote. <laughs> but it's weird, because Dr. Daka's not, like, a comic book character. So it, it, it almost is like, well, what, you didn't need to kill him off. That seems weird. Yeah. It seemed a bit dark, because nobody dies in this thing. Oh, no, maybe they do. Yeah, there's some people that die. Like they're usually goons. Yeah, mostly goons. They're they're. Uh, Nobody thinks about disposable. goons. Disposable. <laughs> disposable. Robin saved the day quite a bit. Yeah. He doesn't really get much credit for it, but like. No, not at all. Nobody knows who he is. He saved. Yeah, he saved Batman like, probably every episode, or at least like every other episode. He was he was the cliffhanger. Oh no, I gotcha. So, I mean, that was kind of cool. I think it's probably really good for, like, the the young fans really like that. Because I know that once yeah. they added Robin into the series, like, uh, the popularity, like, doubled, like, into the comic books. So I think that probably transferred over to the movies. Right. And, um, and then when they did the – they did another serial in 1949, which is called Batman and Robin, I believe. Yep. That one we will be getting to. You know what I thought was cool? I thought the um, – the the idea that Doctor Daka thought that there was maybe multiple multiple Batman's like there was like a uh, like a like a network of Batman's yeah well it's because his goons kept being like no he's he's dead no right. believe like, me uh, confirming kills no not at all they're like no I he was in the mine the mine exploded he's dead <laughs> what do you want from me <laughs> well if they would have watched the even if they watched a clip the cliffhanger they would have yeah I thought he was dead every yeah. time. He fell down an elevator shaft. Of course he's dead. I mean, we we brought down the elevator just to be sure. Like, that's double-checking, right? Yeah, they did a lot of those, like, uh, set the trap and walk away uh, <laughs> kind of, like... I don't know. I, I always associate that with, like, a James Bond type of, like, yeah. trope. Yeah, it's like... Well, then maybe that's where they got it from, is the serials. So, so the fact that these goons kept not confirming their kills... <laughs> led to Daka thinking there was Batman instead of just a Batman. So he thought even he thought that Bruce Wayne's alter ego of Mike White, Dick White, I don't know what his name was, was also Batman. Yeah. At one point. That was a cool like a like a double cross kind of thing where he when he was as this other alter ego, as this like a uh, gangster type, uh with a face makeup on and then he had the batman thing over it so when he's unconscious they take the mask off and he looks like uh yeah he looks like this other guy 
So that was a pretty cool little twist. There. Yeah, they they did some they did some interesting things you don't see too often. Yeah, I also really liked the scheme. I think it was the fake doctor or the phony doctor. Yeah. Episode. The phony doctor. Uh, this guy goes up there. He's poses doctor, and he acts like he's gonna check him out, and he uses like chloroform or something, knocks him out, and he has uh, a, a phony ambulance crew come up and carry him out and throw him in a, the fake ambulance and take him away. I thought that was a pretty good scheme. Yeah, yeah. No, there was there were some good points. There were some good, there were some well thought out part parts. It did suffer a little bit from uh, low budget, just a touch. But overall, I think uh, it it actually wasn't half bad. It's yeah. very very entertaining. Definitely. So I would I if you like Batman, and you want to try out a serial, I would suggest it. Absolutely. So there is there's Batman. There's our first DC character on film. From 1943, they actually, it's funny, they actually uh, re-aired these on Turner Classic Movies this last summer. Yeah. Like, they they showed one episode a week. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's weird. Because I feel like with serials, they're like, oh, here's everything. (laughs) That does it for this. Thank you, Jay, for for joining me. Thank you, James, for having me on. Facebook.com slash Passion Crimes. Indeed. We'll have that link up as well. You can find us also on Facebook, Meanwhile Podcast. We're on Twitter, Instagram, you know, stuff. That'll wrap up this week. Tune in next week for Captain America.